welcome to Hey Ass, but welcome. Hello. I I cheers to you, sir, madam, or those that lie betwixt or outside or whatever. How the hell are you? Tell us about your day, please. We'll we'll wait. Oh. Yeah. Oh, Candace at work is being a cunt again? I'm sorry. Why she gotta be like that? You know, Candace is such a bitch. Yeah. She always yeah. takes the last donut. Fuck Candace. Even though you already yeah. licked it. Yeah. Why do you want to eat my spit, Candace? Come on. Although I would question this the sanity and the safety of licking a donut and then putting it back in the box. Just pick it up. Just take just take two donuts. You know? Yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not here to judge you. I, don't, I, I eat two take, donuts regularly. You deserve that second donut. You do deserve that second donut. And I want to know what Tim was thinking only bringing in six when there is a full office of people just down the hall. There are 26 people in this floor alone. Alone. Tim wanted to start a fight. And six yeah. donuts can only feed two people. Three donuts a pop. Yeah. On a day when everyone has had breakfast, three people. Mm-hmm. Barely. We'll see. We might have a Lord of the Fly situation. <laughs> Instead of a conch shell, it's a donut. I... <laughs> Guys, I would kill both of you for a donut right now. Oh, I would fight you to the death. I've been craving donuts <laughs> yeah, I... for like days. Oh my god. I There's a place in Huntsville called Little Bigfoot's Donuts, and they do donut holes, but they do all sorts of like really Ooh. good toppings. Like they have like apple butter donuts that have apple butter on them, and they got like Ooh. white chocolate raspberry donuts, and birthday cake donuts, and chocolate birthday cake donuts, and they're just mm. all so, and they're made to order, they're made fresh. And they're so good. And I am telling you right now, I would stab both Travis and Ben through the heart with a kitchen knife to have those donuts in front of me. Ooh, you know what I had recently was some orange rolls. Fuck. Oh, dude. Ben yeah. had a very disappointing orange roll yesterday. Yeah, it's going to be I, I've heard that the Allstick orange rolls aren't what they used to be. So it, we didn't go to Allstick and Coleman or anything like that, but uh, oh. we had this work thing, me and Ari, where we ate at this thing that our food supplier at work put on. Ah, okay. And it was like a little, like a little muffin, a little cakey thing, like a little pastry, uh, and it was like someone had whispered the word orange into it. <laughs> It pissed me the fuck off. Oh, man. <laughs> they did have yeah. these very thin fries, though, that were almost more chips than fries, and those were really good. Oh, yeah, I love those. Yeah. Those were dope. So they also had some what they called Irish bangers, but I, I swear to God, I got a vegetarian one. Like, I've had enough vegetarian sausage in my life to know what it looks like and yeah it was good but i was just like this is not real meat yeah this is not it where did you have an orange roll from travis oh so uh the church that i work at uh in between services has like a little coffee station area in the atrium Mm -hmm. and the there's a big gap there's like an hour and a half gap between two of the services mm. so i just hang out and i drink like eight cups of coffee every morning excellent nice every sunday 
I drink like eight cups of coffee. And then usually there's like someone will bring either cinnamon rolls or uh, lately donut holes have been on the menu and scones and stuff. <sighs> but someone brought two and they were like warm too. Two full pans of each of cinnamon rolls and orange rolls. Mm. And they were so good. I am thoroughly aroused at this moment. Yeah. Too bad I can never eat these because I will catch on fire. <laughs> yeah, you gotta come into the <laughs> church to get them. I um, will go ahead and say right now that orange rolls are one of those things where I could be dying of starvation and if somebody were like quick Ari I have a pan of the Pillsbury Doughboy orange rolls eat them I would be like I'd rather die no thank you because fake orange flavor is one of those things that's just so disgusting to me oh man I'm not a big orange person even like fresh oranges I don't even really like orange juice all that much, but fake orange flavor is just like, it's too, that, it's no. That, like candy orange flavor, chocolate Man. orange is my favorite thing. Really? Like I, I go to Publix specifically to get Terry chocolate orange bars. I, yes. I hate chocolate oranges. Like truly, <laughs> why would you take something so delicious and apologies. And make it even more delicious. And make it yeah. worse and make it bad. Oh. oh my god. And like fresh fresh orange slices like dipped in chocolate fondue. Mm. Oh my god. So good. See, I think that, or covered in tempered chocolate. Oh, that I think I could amazing. I could maybe get behind because it's fresh orange and not that fakey orange taste. But, uh, yeah, I'm just not a big orange person. I'm just not. I, and it's nothing personal, oranges. You're you're the fruit of the great state of Florida, and I respect that. But I'm going to have to take a break to change my pants. <laughs> the fondue orange sounds amazing. Yes. Yeah. I was at Whole Foods one time, and they were just sampling that. Mm. Do y'all? They were just like, well, there was a bunch of different stuff they were dipping in chocolate, but I kept going back for the oranges. Do y'all have any, um, yes. like, fruits that you can only eat if they're sliced the correct way? Because I uh, do. I, I have some fruits that I will only eat if it's sliced the way that I like it. Which fruit? Nah, I'm a fucking fruit vacuum. I'll suck all that really? fruit up. Okay, yeah. I only like honeydew melon if they're thin, um, like sort of half moon or crescent moon slices. Mm-hmm. That's the only way I like honeydew melon. I will not eat honeydew. I will chunks of honeydew melon can get the can get the fuck out. And honestly, that's how I feel about cantaloupe too. Like I'll fuck up a cantaloupe if you just hand it to me in crescent moon slices. Yeah. Or, or half moon slices. But if it's like chunks of ca- cantaloupe, I'll eat two pieces and I'll be like, whew, who brought all this cantaloupe to the party? I just, I can't. <laughs> I mean, cantaloupe, cantaloupe and honeydew get pretty heavy when you don't eat them thin like that. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's too much. I think that's pretty much it. I don't think there's any other fruit that you could serve to me and I'd be like, you didn't cut it correctly. That's fair. I can only eat banana cut long ways. Mm, banana. <laughs> like in a banana split. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can only eat bananas in a banana split. Speaking of goddamn witch, and because we were talking about donuts a minute ago, while I was in Chattanooga a few weeks ago, I found, or we got suggested, 
uh, this donut place to try, and I, God, I will post it if I can remember what the fuck it's called. I made just message to the guy, but they had banana split donuts, and banana Ooh. pudding donuts. I was about to say, but I think a banana pudding donut, like, or just banana pudding, except instead of Nilla wafers, it was donuts. Oh, mm. hear me out. Like, you know, like a soup bowl, but it's banana pudding and just a oh, bread God. bowl. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like Guys, a donut that you've like we, just hollowed out. What if we took a stock of broccoli and we took away the broccoli and we replaced it with banana pudding? What if, what if we did that? <laughs> okay, so I complain about this all the time. I don't think I've ever complained about this on the podcast, but you know those life hack videos that seem destined to just make people's lives worse? Yes. <laughs> like, they make me so mad. I saw a life hack a, a life hack video once that was sponsored by Goldfish and all of the life hacks were like, hey, did you know you could take Goldfish out of the packet and put it into a bowl? Whoa! Life hacked! <laughs> wow. So it, it was supposed to be a recipe video but literally all of the recipes were like, what if you dipped Goldfish in fucking cheese what if you just cheesed on cheese goldfish just into cheese fondue or like whatever like it and i felt like a chop judge because i was like you didn't transform the ingredients yeah <laughs> <laughs> i've actually got a big old container of goldfish right here i mean no no shade to goldfish like i like i love goldfish but it just it makes me mad when these life hack videos are just like, hey, what if you actually made it harder to do things? Like, um, and there was one that I saw. It was a recipe video and it was for hanging grilled cheese over soup. And so he, the guy what? made a pot of tomato soup and then he took two hangers and bent them and stuck them in onion so that they would stand up over the tomato soup with like the hooks over the tomato soup and then he oh made God. grilled cheeses first of all he didn't take bread he didn't even do a bagel he made a grilled cheese out of a fully glazed donut and then Good several Lord. slices of cheddar cheese and then once he had finished with the grilled cheese, he hung it on the hook and it immediately started falling apart. So the video cut very quickly to him, like just taking it off and eating the grilled cheese. Oh my <laughs> God. Like, who, what tomfoolery? What the fuck is this? Like, was there a moment where Goldfish got hot glued to anything? Uh, sadly, no. I think it could shame. have only improved the situation. I just, God, those videos made me so mad. But guys, we're not here to talk about food for once or shitty life oh. hacks. Damn. We're here to talk about uh, musicals. Yeah. In honor, in honor of the first episode of season nine being named, I think I'm going to like it here. I think I would like to talk about musicals this episode. Okay. Hell yeah. So I I am a, a confirmed hashtag former theater kid. Um, but 
it's so I've got just like a plethora of musicals that I listen to all the time, but I want to hear what you guys are interested in. What what are mostly I want to hear it from Ben because he was before the episode he was like you're going to be mad at my answers and now I want to know what are your <laughs> answers Ben make me angry. The, fir- the first one is a reference to something we talked about the other day. Uh, one of my favorite musicals, if not the best one, uh, I watch it yearly. The Big Lebowski. <laughs> What? <laughs> oh my god! I'm kidding. For real, though, that one scene where like he's like zonked out. Oh yeah, like, that is a great scene. Oh hell yeah, I love that scene. But no, for uh, some of my favorite musicals are like Cry Baby, uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Hairspray is pretty fun too. Mm Hmm. Uh, Hairspray is a lot of fun, and if you have a chance to see it live, like take that chance. The movie, the movie is pretty good, but it does not do it justice. Yeah. And then, like Repo, the genetic opera, I think is something that has been suggested to me for like fifteen years, and I still haven't watched. Yeah, I think you would really like Repo, the genetic opera, Ben. But I mm. that musical movie is attached to some like like childhood memories that are kind of negative. Here's what it is. Mm. I once got yelled at by a teacher for watching Repo the Genetic Opera in class when I was supposed to be doing something else. And that has that has stuck <laughs> with me mm. to you know, like years later. So now I cannot watch Repo the Genetic Opera or even think about it without thinking about getting yelled at by my teacher. So I just, yeah. Oh, God. I'm, I'm uncomfortable even talking about it right now. No, that's fair. So it's like we just tapped into like a core memory. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but it's, it's a, I mean, it has one of the spy, ki- the spy kids uh, in it. Uh, okay. The uh, Cameron is, I think, her name in the movie. And basically, what I remember it being about, I can barely remember the plot, but basically it's like, hey, um... People have organs that they need, you know, they need organs replaced or whatever, but if they can't make their medical bills, then people go repo the organs. Yeah. I think. Okay. I'm like 95% sure that's the plot, but I, can't, I truly cannot I, remember. I mean, it's, I think every movie with the name Repo in it over the last 30 years that's been the plot. Yeah. It's just uh, organs. We're yeah. here for your liver. <laughs> <laughs> Wedge on too big for your liver. Come on. Um, yeah, I, I know at least on the side of TikTok that I'm on, sometimes a sound, um, a sound bite from Repo comes on. Mm-hmm. It's the the thing where it's like, the the the, and it comes in a little glass vial, a little glass vial. Yes, it's catchy as shit. <laughs> it's it definitely was one of those things where it's like it's a musical, but this ain't your dad's musical. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, this is a cool musical. <laughs> this yeah. is your hot topic yeah, musical. This, oh my god! For one hundred percent, like this is this is a musical that fucks. You know. And this yeah. is why I've never watched it. Like this exact, like I've had this to a T to every letter we've just said. This exact conversation, and it's why I never watch it. It's like when someone calls it the hot topic of musicals. It's like this sounds. Awful. I 
think I, I, again, I've only seen it the one time and I have like very mm-hmm. traumatic memories associated with it. But mm-hmm. in defense of Repo, the genetic opera, I do think it's a little tongue in cheek. Like I think it, okay. I think it knows what it's what it's oh, about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. I, I think it's self aware. Yeah. Okay. Any, and it is. I will go ahead and say, based off of a musical, <laughs> like that was first performed in theaters. That's hilarious. It's not an have, it's not an original. So have y'all seen Crybaby? Yeah. No. Uh, no. Oh, it's, right. a, it's so great. So you know how Crybaby really knows what it's doing, and it's also very tongue-in-cheek? So it's like that for for uh, Repo the Genica, Genetic Opera as well. Like, it's very, like, it's making fun of what it is. Yes. Okay, cool. I can dig that. Yeah. Oh, also, I remember a huge deal of, like, being made of the fact that Paris Hilton was in it. She's in that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why didn't we watch that for Let's Shag Ass? Because it needed to be... Oh, Paris Hilton was in it. Oh, yeah. Paris Hilton was in an episode of Supernatural. Oh, my God. Are yeah. we about to watch the That's fucking a good point. Simple Life? Is, <laughs> wait. Was Paris Hilton... I can't remember now. Was Paris Hilton actually in that episode? Yeah. That was yeah, her. That yeah, was she really was. her? Holy shit. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I feel like we must have talked about it when it came on, but I literally... Yeah, it was her because it was right when uh, her and Jared Padalecki had done um, House of Wax. Yep. You know what? Maybe, maybe I need exposure therapy to get over my past trauma, and maybe the way we do that is by doing Repo the Genetic Opera for LSA. Yeah. Let's do this. Anyways, Travis, what musicals are you into? Um, Rocket Man is really good. It's a really good mu- movie musical. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Um, because I didn't know that it was going to be a movie musical when I started it. I thought it was going to be more along the lines of Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, nice. Because uh, it's the same director. But yeah, um, it's a very good musical autobiography of Elton John. I think Rocket Man works where um Bohemian Rhapsody doesn't. Um I saw Bohemian Rhapsody. I was not a big fan. Yeah, it was like It was a It was okay. It was all right. And then seeing Rocket Man made me like Bohemian Rhapsody even less. Yes. Damn. Yes. Rocket Man is really good. You should absolutely watch it. Okay. Um, what else? What else? What else? What else? Um, I remember liking the last five years when I saw it. Mm. That's that's a cool one. Uh, it's got a really cool like concept to it, and it's kind of a spoiler to say. Um. Uh, but there's like timeline shenanigans, basically. You know what? Fuck hmm. you. I'm gonna say it because I also like the last five years. Here's okay. here's the concept. It is about. I might be fucking this up because it's been a while since I've even. I haven't. I've never seen them. I've actually never seen it. Um, because watching musicals is one of those things where it's like 
first of all, seeing them live is always better than watching them, watching like a movie. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Um, Which when we get around to what my favorite musical is, I will explain why shortly. But uh, I so I haven't seen the last five years, but I was pretty obsessed with it for a while. And I did read the read the plot. But you may have to correct me, Travis. The the conceit of the last five years it is that is that it's about a couple whose relationship has fallen apart, and it's told. Um, the The play starts with both points of views from like both of the people in their relationship being expressed, but it's told backwards. So, well, you, am I saying that uh, right? One. It's one of them is going backwards. The other one is going forward. Right. That is what I meant. And then at some point it converges and then they pass by each other. Yes. So like start, it's one of them starts with the breakup, essentially. Yeah. And the other one starts with the beginning of the relationship, which I think is pretty cool. It is pretty cool. So. Um... Let's see. What else? What else? What else? Uh, I've only seen Sweeney Todd done live. So I really like Sweeney Todd live. I've never seen the movie. I'm going to go ahead and say right now, the movie is very bad. (laughs) I saw a performance of, I saw the movie first and I was like, wow, this is very bad. And then I—it's cheesy. It's my honestly, my main issue with it is that uh, the main characters cannot fucking sing. Yeah, I think. I yeah, think, it's like in the movie, it would they were cast for looks, and because it's Tim Burton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of Tim Burton regulars. I think the only person who like accomplishes the goal of singing in that movie is actually Sasha Baron Cohen. I think he does a pretty okay job. Yeah, because Sasha Baron Cohen can actually sing. Yeah, the one exception. I saw Sweeney Todd actually at the uh, Von Braun Civic Center in Huntsville. And the prediction yeah. I saw, the actors were also the orchestra. Like, anytime they weren't belting out their roles, they were on stage were playing, playing instruments. Yeah, which was really... That's really cool. It was really cool. And everyone sound, sounded amazing. Um, Sweeney Todd is a Sondheim show and Sondheim, uh, music, like Sondheim music is known for being very difficult and very intricate. Um, and also just like a shit ton of words going by very quickly. So to have non-singers sing Sondheim is like being served the finest chocolate on top of a funfetti cupcake that you made from a box. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's just, it's rough. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, uh, I saw Sweeney Todd at um, the International Thespian Festival in Lincoln, Nebraska. And it was, they did a very minimalist set. So it was like, they basically had like two towers of scaffolding. mm and like the one of the, the I think I think the chair was on one of those towers. Um, but my favorite part was anytime Sweeney Todd actually killed someone, there would be a loud train whistle mm-hmm. and then like basically a little like 
I, I mean, it was a huge piece of cloth, but basically a red ribbon, uh, like a techie would run it across the stage, mm. like back and forth every time it got. So it was like, you know, the, the train whistle, the red ribbon goes by, and that means they're dead. It was very cool. That is very cool. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, cats? No. <laughs> yeah. Hey, fuck you, Travis. I actually love no, cats. Not... <laughs> There's some bangers in the original <laughs> cats. Um, actually, no, for real. Uh, I actually really like the songs in Music Man. I, you know, Music Man is just a really good. I kind of split musicals in my brain between like very classic sort of like feel good musicals. To mm-hmm. me, those musicals are like your Rodgers and Hammerstein, Hello Dolly, yeah. Music Man, um, She Loves Me. They're just like, the plots are usually very simple. They're usually love stories. Um, and there's just not a whole lot going on. But the music is amazing. Um, and they're just very sweet. And mm-hmm. I really like Music Man. It's just, it's a lighthearted comedy and it's very sweet. And yeah, 10, 10 out of 10. Like, it's just great. I'll fucking throw down to 76 trombones. I'll get in the pit for 76 trombones. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Hell yeah. And that rhymes with P and that stands for pool. Oh, yeah. That's a good fucking song, too. Ah, so good. Ooh, have y'all seen uh, Chicago? Yes, I love Chicago. I haven't. Oh, That's a really good one too. The movie for that one is actually really good, and yeah. I would I would say that's the movie is is good. It's worth a watch. Yeah, Mr. was it Mr. Cellophane? Is a really good song from that, I believe. Um, That's a John C. Riley song yeah. that he sings in the movie. Mr. Cellophane should have been my name. Yeah, that is a really mm. good song. I've already asked Ari this question. Uh, but I'll ask it again. Have y'all seen Eddie and the Cruisers? No. Mm-mm. It's it's a, there's Eddie and the Cru- Eddie and the Cruisers one, and then Eddie and the Cruisers two. Eddie lives, and so it's basically like if Bruce Springsteen put together a musical, and it's about mm-hmm. like a, just a group of friends like forming a band and like trying to make it. Uh, and then at the end of the first movie, Eddie dies in a weird way, which isn't really a spoiler. Uh, but it's it's pretty solid music. It's very like dad rock kind of stuff. Hmm. But it it's a pretty good movie. Um, hell yeah. Can I share my favorite musical? Absolutely. I think I'm done with my list. Excellent. So I'm going to share. I'm going to share a couple of my favorite musicals. Um. I mentioned She Loves Me earlier, and I mm-hmm. think of the, like, classic good time musicals that I was talking about. I think She Loves Me is actually my favorite. I actually had the chance to be an assistant stage manager on a production of She Loves Me when I was in college, and Ooh, it's that sounds like fun. very sweet. She Loves Me is actually based off of a uh, play. Um and the play, A Little Shop Around the Corner, got made into not only a movie in like the 30s, but it also was the uh, inspiration and adaptation or original source of the movie You've Got Mail. So if you've oh, seen shit. You've Got Mail, you pretty much know the plot of She Loves Me. 
Nice. Yeah. Um, but the musical is really lighthearted, really sweet. The music is very good. Uh, and I, I just love it. Like, I, I love that musical. Um, if we're going for more serious musicals with downer endings, then my favorite is Cabaret. Hands down. Yeah. No question. I have already described this to Ben and Travis, but if I had to describe Cabaret, I think I would describe it as the sexiest musical about the rise of fascism in Nazi Germany that's ever been written. (laughs) I Yeah, (laughs) basically the only thing I know about Cabaret is that it's very sexy. It's very sexy, but also very sad. Uh... There is a movie. The movie is very good. It stars Eliza Minnelli. Um, But if you have a chance to watch Cabaret, like, live, even if it's, you know, if you think, like, oh, my community theater sucks, like, no, go watch. First of all, support the arts in your local communities. Second of all, um, go watch Cabaret anyways. I saw the movie, and I was like, oh, this is pretty good. Um... And then I saw the stage play and I gasped twice. It is the only time I have audibly <laughs> gasped while sitting in theater was when I was watching Cabaret. Uh, it's so good. The music is so good. Uh, just go, just go watch it. I, I don't even want to say anything else about it. That's how good it is. Okay. So Hell yeah. Is it on anything? Like, have you watched it recently? <laughs> okay. So if you go to YouTube... Uh, and you look up Cabaret Alan Cumming, then you can find basically when uh, Cabaret is originally from the 1960s, but when w- they revived mm-hmm. it in the 1990s, and Alan Cumming plays the role of the MC, who's kind of like the Greek, a, a Greek chorus type character. Um, mm-hmm. and they basically did a recording of the stage show. And somebody uploaded to YouTube in parts, like an ah, anime, anime style. style. Yes. Yeah. Um, and if you look up like Cabaret 1998 or Cabaret Alan Cumming, it should come up. Okay. Uh, and I would recommend watching that. It's great. Also, again, very sexy and uh, about oh, yeah. the rise of fascism. So, you know. Warnings apply. Mm-hmm. So. But yeah, yeah, that's my fave. I love it so much. I think I could do a one-person show. <laughs> it was oh, Cabaret. It, it was featured in an episode of Schitt's Creek. Like I think Schitt's Creek did an, a musical episode, and um, Cabaret was the musical they did. And I'm oh, nice. kind of curious to. I, I kind of wanted to watch that episode because obviously Schitt's Creek is a very it's a, it's a comedy, and I'm just like, how did y'all handle that? <laughs> like, what what did you guys do, <laughs> you know, to make that happen? I don't know. A mystery. Hell yeah. So, and there are other musicals I like too. There's some there's some more recent ones that I really enjoy, but. I don't know. Cabaret will always hold a special place in my heart. Especially the Alan Cumming uh, version when he plays the MC. Hell yeah. 
I think we've hit on during this episode what I like so much about live theater as opposed to like, that's just something that movies and TV shows don't have is that you get to watch different people's interpretations of what they think the text is. And that's always really interesting. Like I've, Mm -hmm. I've seen many, many different versions of cabaret and I always enjoy it because it's always fun to see like new actors play roles. I already know, or like a new director's interpretation of the text. Yeah, for sure. That is, that is something that is kind of lost in, like modern streaming media like and i know fucking rights and all that are a nightmare uh for different reasons but it seems like theater is the best way to get a lot of like artistic inspiration in one like in one banging show you know Mm -hmm. and i know it seems like we'll never be out of this pandemic and that might be the case but God, I really hope live theater comes back, and I I just want to go see. I just want to go sit in a dark, quiet theater with my raisinets and fucking watch a bunch of, you know, accountants belt out cats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that sounds dope. Yeah. Is it time? I think it is. Yeah. Is it time, Ben? Travis? Mm-hmm. This episode is Chuck's Notes. Uh, I believe I'll like it here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What's it about? <laughs> uh, so... This is actually a flashback episode to where John <laughs> gave Sam and Dean to an orphanage because oh he was busy. <laughs> and then they get adopted by some like millionaire. Um, oh, but the orphan, uh, the orphanage leader is really mean to them. And then they get adopted by a millionaire. And then it turns out the millionaire is actually like a djinn or something. And then John kills them and saves his kids. So is this just the supernatural retelling of a series of unfortunate events? No, it, I, was tr- I was trying to go for Annie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I wanted to go. I wanted to zag. And I, <laughs> I was really hoping that like uh, Michael or uh, Zachariah was uh, Count Olaf or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, lads, I think I'm going to talk about this episode. All right, let's do let's it. Let's do it. And we're back. This episode kind of has its ups and downs. Really? It has, yeah. like its, it has its mids and downs. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I was at least trying to be a little nice. Really? Yeah, you you guys it. didn't like it? It's fine. There were parts that I didn't like. Y'all, y'all, y'all are going to have to expl- keep go on. Like, okay, keep so... Going. Um, 
I mean, basically, I mean, this whole episode is the another another big checkbox of Sam's bodily bodily autonomy gets violated. Yeah. Um, check that off about five times in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, just like we didn't need to see Bobby, like. Bobby's death gets cheaper and cheaper as he keeps reappearing. Yeah, we also did need to see Dean stab him in the back, literally. Yeah. I will go Fuck. ahead and say, when Sam was getting the shit kicked out of him by uh, subconscious Dean, I was literally like, I'm sure there's nothing to read into this. It's probably fine. No need to talk about it. Yeah. What, mm-hmm. what, what could this possibly mean? Um, I'm going to go ahead and break rakes here. I liked this episode. Okay. I mean, it was, it was overall, it was good, but I definitely, I don't know. There were parts where I was just like, let's, let's get on with it. Now, I will, yeah, exactly. I will go ahead and say I, with my future vision powers, I, I will say that, um, I am heavily sighing at the idea of Sam being possessed again. Um, yes. That I am not a fan of. Like, his his bodily I, autonomy being violated, violated again, knowing what happens, I'm just like, can we... Mm, can, could we not? Could we have avoided this? This? Yeah. this almost feels like a rehash of Soulless Sam. Mm-hmm. Really? It, it, I mean, it's like the remix. See, I thought it's it's the remix to Ignition of Soulless Sam. Oh my god, I thought Soulless Sam was charming. I actually find Soulless Sam like very interesting. Um, Jared Padalecki acting out as Ezekiel, I'm just like, uh, hmm. Yeah, that was not great. Choices were made. Why did they decide to play him as? emotionless as possible. Like, the actor who played Ezekiel, um, whose name is... Da-da-da-da. Oh, boy. I'll for sure be able to pronounce this. Tamoy Pinniket? Tamo Pinniket? Tamo Pinniket? Yeah, Pinniket. Yeah. So he has actually been in a bunch of stuff, and I really liked him as Ezekiel in this episode. I thought he played him with a sort of, like, quiet intensity, mm-hmm. but a grace that I could get behind, you know? I could yeah. feel the compassion in his words. But when Jared Padalecki was playing it, it was just completely dead. There was nothing mm-hmm. there. And that I was not a fan of. Yeah. So J-Pad is just not a good actor. You know, he's as, uh, he's, uh, you know, it's, it's hit or miss with him sometimes. I'm, he's, he's fine. I'm not going to say he's a bad actor. I do think he, he does some good things, but yeah, he's not my fave either. Yeah. Now, to be clear, I did not say he was a bad actor. I just said that he wasn't good. Honestly, like him, him sitting across the guy that plays death. It really, like, that's when it really kind of shows that he's not out of his depth, mm. but he's kind of reaching his limit. I I actually think I preferred Jared Padalecki as Sam in the earlier seasons. 
Mm-hmm. Like oh, he yeah. just kind of brought a life to the role that I thought was a lot of fun and very high energy while still, you know, being the guy who's hunting for Jessica's killer. This episode made me really nostalgic for like season one and two and not in a good way. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Like it, it made me miss it's just it. because do you think it's just because this show has already been going on for so long? That he's just getting tired of the role. I, I don't know. I could see. I could definitely see that. Like uh, a good example. I, I don't know if this is like on purpose or not, but the guy who does the voice for Mario, um, when he premiered in Mario sixty four, he's fucking like going after it. He's like, "Wahoo!" You know. Mm-hmm. And in the most recent Mario games, he's just kind of he's a lot more chill. He's like, "Wahoo!" <laughs> He's just he, our boy is tired. Yeah. I think what it is is that Sam as a character has just gotten I don't know. I mean, I think I think he did a, I think he did a good job playing Sam this episode. Mm-hmm. But I think I don't know if he was given bad direction. He was supposed to be being Ezekiel. I just I just he didn't pull it off. He didn't pull off the Ezekiel side for me. Yeah, is nah. is really what it is because it's not like this entire episode Jared Padalecki just fucking sucked dick like he did a good job being Sam I genuinely enjoyed Sam scenes this episode but mm. yeah I don't know I don't know what it is it just it, the Ezekiel stuff felt very flat to me yeah so um yeah going back to Mr. Pinnacate, Pinnacate, Pinnacate. Um, if you've, if you, Mr. Sinatechi. <laughs> if you feel like you've seen him before, uh, you may have. He is a big TV guy. He's had recurring roles in Bond Girls, Continuum, as well as Battlestar Galactica, which is where I recognize him from. He had a recurring role in Dollhouse. Not recurring. I mean, like he's just like straight up. Like, he's in it. Like, he's a guy. He's in it. Hmm. Um, He was uh, in Smallville. Oh. Cold Squad. Battlestar Galactica again. Oh, he's in an episode of SG-1. Yes, he is. Something we recently watched. Yay. Yeah. So, uh, he is a a big TV guy, and he's, he's been in a lot of stuff, and I can see why. He's a good actor. Like, he really does a good job with Ezekiel. He's an incorporated. He kind of had this, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it was when I was listening to him, but he kind of had, like, um, really, really trying to pull off that American accent. Oh, is he? Even though he can't kind of vibe. Really? Is he not American? He's. I mean, he's Canadian. But I, I I don't know. This maybe it was just the way he spoke in this in this episode. Maybe it just seemed very strange, and maybe it was on purpose because he's an angel. That's definitely a possibility. Let's let's do a quick recap of this episode, and then and then we'll continue on. We'll go further. Uh, ben, do you want to recount what happens for this episode? First episode uh, of season nine. I'm going to pull up the thing on IMDb and read that. Hell yeah. I love it. 
Let's see. Uh, Samus dying, Dean asks for help from the angels. Castiel trusted just being a human, and as the angels come after him, boom, done. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, there we go. Oh, there's not a long one. Jesus Christ. Uh, so it kind of opens out like the cold open is Sam and Dean in the Impala. And then it does this really fucking hokey, uh, like camera spin. And Dean's like, you're dying, Sam. And then like yeah. immediately like smash cut to like Sam in a hospital bed as Dean like sits over him, uh, as like Dean watches the news where they're calling the angels falling, uh, a meteor, like a mass global, like meteor shower. Um, Dean starts to pray looking for Cass, but Cass can't answer because like he's been degraced, deflowered, if you will. And, uh, and then you see these two angels, one getting off a bus and the other one sitting down to dinner. Here's Dean's prayer that's reaching out to anybody who can hear it. Uh, as Cass is, he's on just like, He's standing in the road. This truck almost hits him. Uh, he's coping with not having powers. He weirds this dude out by like saying stuff like, I can't heal myself. I don't have my wings anymore. And the guy's like, what drugs are you on? And can I have half of what you did? Yeah, let's get you some water, bud. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and then Dean like goes to like the parking complex and one angel like starts to fight him and then Ezekiel like pops out of nowhere and is like, yo bro, uh, let me help you fight. Dean kills the angel. He falls over. Dean puts him in a holy oil circle to question him and like scope him out. Uh, they strike a deal to heal Sam because he's straight up fucking dying. All the while this is happening in Sam's head, he's like having a weird fight with a projection of Dean and Bobby. Bobby, who is like, hey man, if you think it's your time, maybe it's your time to fucking go. And Dean is like, no bro, fight, 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 fight. Uh, and then Bobby kicks him out and they go to the woods and Bobby's like, hey, in that cabin over there that doesn't look like anybody's going to attack you in it. Uh, <laughs> there's all you need for your journey. And Sam goes inside, and of course, of course, who's inside but Mr. Death, him damn Death. self. Uh, and they have a conversation. Sam wants to strike a deal about how no one can bring him back. He wants a promise that no deal, no spell, no nothing can bring him back. While Dean and Ezekiel are doing this, like, I fight you save thing and like Dean is fighting angels and like warding Sam's room uh, as like the hospital is shaking crazily excuse me and uh, Chris sorry uh, so they realize that Ezekiel can't heal Sam because he's too far gone. Both of them, really. Ezekiel can't heal because he's running out of juice. Sam's about to fucking die. And so he's like, I could heal him from the inside. And Dean is like, well, that's not my choice. 
But then they came up with, like, they discuss how it's neither of their choices. It's up to Sam. And then they come up with the idea to trick Sam into saying yes to Ezekiel. And so... Ezekiel shows Dean inside of Sam's head where he's, like, having the deal with death. And Dean is like, hey, we gotta stop this. I gotta get in there. Uh, and Ezekiel's like, hey, bro, what if I pretend to be you? And then I try to get Sam to say yes. And he, sure enough, they trick Sam into saying yes. And then we get weird kind of zonked out Sam just walking like a robot uh, looking like the code is covering track marks uh, I think I hit everything you you you, you pretty we'll fill in the gaps yeah that's, that's pretty much all yeah of that's it. pretty much all cool. of it so cool, cool, cool. I want to talk about um, I think my favorite moment this episode was when the trucker who hit Cass was like, well, he didn't, it wasn't a trucker, but the guy who hit Cass was like, let's get you some water, bud. Yes, hydrate. That is also my answer to everything. Just fucking get, hydration is very important, Cass. You need to know that now as a human. It's good for your skin. It's good for your body. You're 70% water. Like, do that, you know? Um... What else did y'all like this episode? Um, I mean, seeing death was top tier. I did not think we were going to see death again ever again. And I was like, hell yeah, look at him. It could be the fucking shittiest episode of Supernatural. And with one minor major exception, Julian Richings could show up and just turn it all around for me. (laughs) He's so good. I did like break into applause when he showed up on. Did screen. you? <laughs> yeah, that feels very appropriate. It's what he deserves. Did you clap like the plane just landed? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he he knocks it out of the park this episode too. The man just can't quit. He can't be bad. God, he's so good. Um, what do you think about Cass being uh, humanized? Literally. So. I thought all of the angels had an interesting situation. So we, like, there was a like f- a real light show that happened when they started falling, mm-hmm. and it seems like they all started falling because they lost their wings, and then I'm guessing like no one actually noticed because they all fell into vessels, or they're trying to find vessels now, or they're trying to find vessels. Yeah, and. I think it's interesting that they still have some angel powers, like being able to make their knife and being able to tap into angel radio, mm-hmm. but they can't do stuff like heal or, you know, travel instantaneously or anything. Yeah, they, they've and lost... it seems like that's kind of the deal with all of the angels, including Cass. They've mm. lost their wings. Yeah, so... Castiel has been like he's lost his grace, so he has no angel yeah. powers. But that didn't, that did not happen to every angel. Yeah, like there's some powers that rely strictly on heaven. Like I guess zip zopping around, you yeah. you have to be able to tap into heaven for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
But like Angel Radio, even Cass can hear Angel Radio. Mm-hmm. I think that's just hardwired into his head. I, so. I, I or actually think may, maybe he can't. I actually think oh. this is an issue with like the writers just not quite thinking this through. I think mm-hmm. what it was meant to be was like a, oh, this is how we see that Cass has lost his angel abilities. Like mm-hmm. he's like he heard the dying out voices of the angels, but now it's silent because the angel radio has stopped. Uh, but I don't think that gotcha. was very well explained. No, it was not. So I'm going to use Hail. Hail. Nope, not that one. Um, <laughs> what was her name? I can't remember her name. It was just Hail. Hail. Hmm. Great. Um, I'm going to use her. I'm going to use her as an example. Uh, so she like is. She doesn't have her wings. She has to drive around in a car. But she also got the absolute fucking shit kicked out of her vessel and was still able to be conscious and talk and not in pain. She doesn't have to eat. She doesn't have to drink. Cass is not in that situation right now. Cass is completely human. But still Cass. Right. Okay, yeah, because Cass... We, we see at the end of Cass's part of the episode, he, like, foregoes watching his clothes for, like, getting a candy bar and a bottle of water. Right, yeah, and he chugs it, and then it's just like, I immediately need more water. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I don't think I don't think Ezekiel's going to have that issue. Although, I don't know how it's going to work with him and uh, Sam doing, like, a timeshare situation. That's a little confusing, too. I will also go ahead and say that I do think some of the, I don't know, I think some of the stuff they do with angels is a little, like, weird this episode. Like how, um, uh, like, Hale's, um, fucking vessel was breaking down. Mm-hmm. Because that was something that happened with Lucifer, but that was because the vessel he was in, he was just too powerful for it. Right. Well, I wonder if if this is just like angels taking over vessels by force. Mm. And when a vessel isn't like totally accepting of being a vessel, then it will start to break down. Can we talk about how Cass has an absolute daddy dom kink where he's just like, are you a man who's older than me? I will follow you to the ends of the earth. I I will listen to whatever you say. Like first Crowley (laughs) and now Metatron. Yeah. He just needs to get fucking like railed in the bedroom and then move on from his daddy issues. Well, I wonder if it has to do with authority. Like, um, he, ever since he's, like, basically ever since God has been gone, mm-hmm. he's struggled with finding someone to tell him what to do. Yeah. So when there is someone to tell him what to do, he attaches to them because he likes having um, commands being told to him. I absolutely prefer my uh, fan fiction interpretation a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> Cass just has daddy issues and like absolutely needs to learn what safe, sane, consensual is. Um, 
Yeah. Actually, that's something that I thought about this episode. I like Cass a lot, but has Cass grown or developed since season five? No. Like... Maybe a little bit, like, during season five, but... No, he's he's basically made the same mistake over and over again since season six. Yeah. Cass has always, I think I had this this sort of eureka moment about Cass when he killed Hale because Cass has always been the person who is out of our three mains. He has always been the one who's like I will absolutely murder someone if it means accomplishing my goals. Like, I do not give a shit. I am not here to hold your hand. I'll kill a child if that's what it takes. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So he doesn't want to kill Hale at the end of the episode, but he does because she threatens to tell the other angels where he is. And it just right. made me think, like, Kes hasn't really grown. He's he He had that Eureka, like, fucking free will moment in season five but he hasn't i don't think he's changed since then i don't know what what do y'all think i mean you're totally right what do you think ben definitely right okay it's very frustrating because Mm -hmm. cassie has a lot of growing up he needs to do and seeing him make the same mistakes over and over again is just like come on guys it's season nine like if they're if that's the hallmark of supernatural though Mm. is we're going to keep stubbing our toe on the ottoman we refuse to move because it fits the aesthetic to be just so in the room Mm -hmm. and we complain about it after we stub the toe and then everything's fine we walk around it and then a season later by by george we're gonna fucking stub our toe on that goddamn ottoman again yeah we meanwhile we could have just moved it out of the way and we wouldn't be having this conversation yeah 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 but this i'm not looking forward to the rest of this season i'm gonna say this right here right (laughs) now (laughs) i'm sorry uh, I know there's a lot of like season nine heads out there for Supernatural that are huge fans of it that are going to just rail me on Twitter for saying stuff like this. But yeah, no, this ain't it, Chief. Are there a lot of season nine fans of Supernatural? I'm being sarcastic. Okay. I was going to say, I haven't met them. <laughs> yeah. I will uh, go Jordan. ahead and... I, I will go ahead and say this. As far as opening seasons go, uh, opening episodes of seasons go, I really prefer this one to the season opener of season eight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah like, it is, it's jam-packed with stuff, and that's yeah. cool. And th- it has absolutely changed the status quo. Cass is a human. All of the angels have been kicked out of heaven. I mean... There's, There's shit actually going stuff on. Happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. This is a, and and uh, the big bat. Like even though Metatron is kind of fucking lame, at least he's uh, believably threatening a little. I guess yeah. I don't fucking know. Oh, he's yeah. he's an he's an interesting big bad for that reason though. He's not he's not Crowley is what I'm saying. Yeah, he's 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 very weak. Yes, he is a meek individual. And he's the new big bad? Like, of course. Like, it's at least interesting, and I'll give him that. I'm going to go ahead and give the cursory spoiler warning for Portal 2, but he's like Wheatley. 
Yes. From Portal 2. Ah, yeah. yes. <laughs> Just kind of like, Wheatley did all this. And it's like, no man, Cass did it, kind of, but not really. He was manipulated mm-hmm. into it again, which means that everybody being like, this is your fault, Cass, is wrong again for the 10th time. Can we yeah. Can we please stop blaming people who, you know... <sighs> Yeah. You know what I really liked this episode? What? What's that? It was at the end, like after Ezekiel had left that first vessel, and the doctor walks in, like after the battle, and he like walks in, and he's looking at all the sigils that have been like covered up, or like just have like another like red slash over them to like depower them mm-hmm. and he's like what the fuck happened in here who the hell are you and the guy like like live like lays up and like looks at him he's like i don't have a fucking clue dude <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who are I you and why am i <laughs> do not know what's happening uh, me yeah. either oh shit that was a great scene I will say, Dean absolutely held on to the idiot ball this episode when he fucking just put out a prayer to every angel to be like, hey, come to oh, this yeah. hospital. <laughs> we've, we've had beef for years, but we can let bygones be bygones, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. We'll definitely always be cool. Yeah. yeah fuck. We, we gotta be friends now, man. We gotta be fucking butts. Um, although I will say the most badass moment of the episode was when Dean has absolutely had the ever-loving shit fuck kicked out of him, and then the angels are like, "We're going to, we're going to fucking kill you unless you tell us where Castiel is. We're going to kill your brother, and we're going to kill you unless you tell us where Cass is." And then Dean says, "All right, I just have one question though." If you can't get to heaven, where do you go when I do this? And then he does the angel oh, yeah. banishing sigil, and I was like, "Yeah, where do that they was go? super cool." Yeah, but that was dope. Where do they go though? Where do they go? Maybe they just vanish. Uh, they go to coming they vaporize. They go to coming Georgia. <laughs> or in, they go to Cobb County, Georgia. They go to Intercourse, Indiana. <laughs> Uh, so i will agree with you that bobby showing back up like it is like even though it's sam subconscious bobby it is like let let jim beaver rest yeah why not night why not whip out jody why not whip out felicia day why not whip out almost anybody else i do think it makes the most sense to be bobby though if it is going to be anyone because he is one of the ones that's dead. Yeah. And they they yeah. absolutely could not get um fucking uh their dad. Oh god, no. Um Oh yeah, no. Je- Jeffrey Dean Morgan was way out of there. That's his name. I couldn't remember. But it makes way more sense for Bobby to do it. He is their father figure. He is mm-hmm. he is their daddy. Yeah. He uh, is correct. Yeah, so it makes sense, but it also would have made sense for a lot of other people as well. Uh, just to not cheapen his sacrifice. Bobby. Exactly. <sighs> like, why beat that corpse even more? Yeah. 
I just, I'm not a fan of bringing back characters after they've died, especially this late into a show when you've already beaten yeah. that horse to death, you know? Yeah. I, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not saying you can never bring a character back from the dead and it's not like ever good, but I mean, for example, the season two ender of Supernatural, when Sand comes back, that was really good and very oh, emotionally yeah. effective, but it was also the first time it happened. You guys have punched all your holes. There's no more. <laughs> okay? The the emotional yeah. effect is over. If you kill a character now and you bring him back, I only feel exasperation. So, yeah. Uh, let's talk about Hale a little bit. The the angel who just wants to just wants to find her place in the world. Just wants to go see the Grand Canyon. Just go see the Grand Canyon. The thing that she built, she says. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, so what they did with her character, I think, was interesting. I expected her to be like another, like, ah, you thought I was on your side, but actually I'm backstabbing you. So to have... Oh, yeah, I was... I was ready for her backstabbage. I just didn't think it would be in the same episode. Yes. Um... I Oh, I did I did know it was going to be in the same episode. And that's partly because of future vision, but also just partly because it's a it's a cool woman character in Supernatural. I just I think we need to have a climax. I the writers were like we need to have a climax for every character. Like they all have to have a thing. They can't all they can't just be, you know, chilling like yeah. Um, so I did like what they did, however, because I thought she was going to be like, aha, I was only getting close to you, Castiel, so that I could betray you to the other angels. But instead, she was like, I don't know how to handle being a, in the human world by myself. I haven't been here since I built the Grand Canyon millions of years ago, billions of years ago, however long that was. So mm -hmm. I'm going to possess you. So you can basically be my teddy bear, Cass. Be yeah, that that was an interesting take. Yeah, and one of her reasons was because his vessel is strong. Is it? I feel like it has a little wear and tear. You know. Yeah, I think there's definitely a little bit of that. Is this a true vessel situation? They've done so much shit with vessels that I'm I'm confused, honestly. Yeah, I I I think we've had this discussion before, and I feel like at this point. Castiel's vessel is either just permanently bonded to him so it gets recreated every time he like comes back to life or it's not actually a real body anymore it's just who Castiel is I think I think it's you know, who Cass is huh I think we've floated some very plausible ideas about vessels over the course of this show mm -hmm. I just wanted to make that pun <laughs> That's it. That's all I got. Oh my god. Oh. Um, the sun but comes yeah. up. <laughs> I think about you. The coffee cup. Oh fuck. That's that's another Sondheim show. Guess where it's from, listeners. <laughs> The King and I. No, that's not Seinheim, son of a bitch. 
Fucking Ben. Sound of Music. That's also not Sondheim. <laughs> Is it Repo the Jim? You're not going to guess. Please stop. You're just hurting me. Uh, You're hurting your father, Sweeney Ben. Sweeney Todd. Hairspray 2. Okay, please. No. It has to end now. Uh, Teeny Swad, the sequel. <laughs> the Eddie and the Cruisers 2, Eddie Lives. How would you even do a sequel to Sweeney Todd, Travis? Explain Re- that to me. Expl- It'd be about the kids. Shut madness. up, Shut up, Ben. Explain <laughs> that to me. Explain that to me in a way that I understand what the sequel it's of just, Sweeney Todd would look like. It's not a true sequel. It's just mm-hmm. that all the characters are gender bent. What? <laughs> What are you saying to me right now? <laughs> you do it from the point of view of Sasha Baron Cohen's character. Ben, thank you for the valid answer. That was correct. That was the that was no, the answer. I, we're I, looking th- for. I, th- I feel like my answer was very valid. Was it? It's just the same exact story, but all the characters are gender. That is ben. a Tumblr hellscape idea. I didn't even know you were on that website anymore, Travis. They they did that to Twilight. What? <laughs> yes. I don't remember what the book is called. I think it's called like Dawn or something about the rising sun instead of the setting sun. It's about the rising sun. But yeah, it's literally just gender swap twilight. Is there a way for you to not talk to me for the rest of the podcast, Travis? <laughs> like I only talk to you. You know what I mean? Have you, so have you guys heard about the uh, the sister website that Tumblr is coming out with? What? No. Yeah, it's called Stumbler. Are you, are you making a goof on my goof right now? Yes, I, am. I was making a double goof. Oh every year, you know, every year I think these motherfuckers are going to age me. You know what I mean? And you do. And you do. Here I am, 357 years old because of you, the friendship I have with you. I often hear that I'm a punishing person to be around. Maybe I'll die. Oh you know what I mean? Oh my god, Ben. Maybe I'll die. <laughs> <laughs> what did I do to oh. deserve this? Who did I piss off in a past life? You know what I mean? Um, you agreed to do a podcast with me about Supernatural. You know what? Where this that's, where you, that's on you. Is it on me? Is it on me? <laughs> Oh, fuck. The sun comes up. <laughs> I think about you. Oh, it's um, My Fair Lady. I'm just staring at <laughs> Julian Riching's face. No, wait, I got it. Nothing bad can happen while I'm looking at Julian Riching's face, right? He's so good. That's how good he is. He's so good. I know what this is from. Did you know? I know we, did you know that Julian Richings was in uh, Man of Steel? No, I did not. Yeah, and X Men: Last Stand. Wait, is that Death? Yeah, Death. Yeah, that's Death. Damn! Wow, I did not know he was in he those. He plays mm-hmm. Lorem, so probably one of the bad guys or something. Yeah, yeah, that sounds it, like a bad guy name. I think I'm pretty sure in Man of Steel he plays a bad guy, from what I remember. From the IMDb, at least. He almost certainly plays a bad guy. Mm-hmm. All right, Ben, what's your answer? You've got you've got one shot at this. Major League. You're right. Correct. Congratulations. 
Sondheim Yay. wrote Major League. <laughs> can we please finish this episode so I can knock myself into unconsciousness? <laughs> yes. Okay. What else is there to talk about? A bunch of stuff. Um, what, do you, Travis? What do you think the fallout from Dean basically like agreeing to help manipulate Sam into being possessed against his will and then lying about it is going to be? Oh, I mean, it's not going to be great. Here's it's not going to be a good time. Here's the conflict. There, Sam is basically like, "I'm ready to die. This is it. I don't want." anything to happen like we're good we're gonna go we're gonna be done right and then yeah. dean at the last minute shows up and it's not really dean it's ezekiel the angel shows up and is like don't stop please don't uh say yes instead and sam's like <laughs> yes yes a thousand times yes um and then Ezekiel erases his memory of all of that ever happening. So I'm sure that's going to be fine. I'm sure yeah. Okay. So I want to amend my statement of this being a rehash of Solus Sam. Mm -hmm. This is a rehash of the second half of that arc where Sam has his soul back, but his memories are put behind a wall. Mm. That's what it reminded me of. You know, I can almost get... I mean, okay, so obviously what Dean has done is pretty disgusting. It... Uh, this is such a tricky thing to talk about because what this plot line reminds me of in a real-world context is, like, the Terry Schiavo case, um, mm -hmm. questions of, you know, well, when do we, when do we implement a DNR, you know? Um, when do yeah. we take someone off yeah. life support? Um, but then also death with dignity laws, um, which are, I've heard are a lot more common in Europe than in the United States. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say this about death with dignity laws. I have heard people have their... Um, they have reservations about them, in particular to when it comes to like uh like people with disabilities being encouraged to take that option and that right is absolutely a valid fear and also horrifying it's horrifying to me that somebody would be like hey since you have a disability why don't you just uh kill yourself <laughs> like mm -hmm. that's 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 absolutely disgusting but and it's been a couple of years since I've looked into this, but it looks like in the United States, in the states where they're implemented, it's really only for people with like, for sure, terminal diseases that are going to be very painful. Um, and it has to be a choice that they make 100%. Uh, like if you're if you if you have a, a, a disease and you get like too far gone, right? Like if you have Alzheimer's, which is not yeah. I don't think a disease that would um, be allowed under death with dignity laws. But if you have Alzheimer's and you get to a point where you can't consent, you just don't get to you just don't get to do it like it's over. Mm -hmm. um, so but that is what this situation reminded me of was death with dignity and terry shivo and like it's 
it's hard to talk about this stuff and it's hard to talk about it in this even in this fantasy context but this was sam's choice this is his bodily autonomy being violated again Mm -hmm. this should lead to a huge huge conflict like i mean this it needs to blow sam needs to blow up essentially oh yeah like he needs to freak out this is hey you know that horrifying thing that happened with lucifer what if we did that again um except this time your own brother was stabbing you in the back it's just like it's it's fucking the writers went there they did it they've done it and we'll see where it ends up you know We'll see what happens. Saint Dean, this is not. No, I, it, I, like this was definitely, you know, Dean being selfish. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think this was actually Ezekiel saying it, but you know, Dean has mentioned before the "I'm nothing without you" situation. Mm. And we've talked about how Sam can live without Dean, but Dean absolutely cannot live without Sam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really just like it's selfishness on the side of Dean saying, I, I need you uh, not to be dead. And Sam being like, well, I would really like to be. Yeah. yeah. Sam... I'm looking at the quotes right now on the IMDb page, and Sam does say, I don't want to die. If I asked if maybe I was supposed to die. That's earlier in the episode when he's arguing with subconscious Dean and subconscious Bobby. Um, mm-hmm. And basically, so like, yeah, Sam doesn't want to die. A big part of season eight was him being like, no, I'm going to survive the trials. But you can't think your way out of stuff sometimes. And by the yeah. end of the episode, Sam is... It's, it's one of those things where it's like, hey, you know, would you do a really terrible thing to somebody if it meant saving their life? Um, even if you knew it's something that they hate. Yeah. Let's let's take this away from the bodily autonomy sphere and look at like okay. okay let's say um, Travis was dying. Dope. And I don't want Travis to die, and I know for one hundred percent fact that if I killed Ben, then Travis would get to live. Travis doesn't want me to kill Ben, but I do it anyways. Does that make it okay? The answer to that question is no. That was a really bad analogy, yeah. I feel like. But you get what I'm say, saying. This is, it, it, this is basically a trolley problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, except except the thing that's on like the thing that's on the other track is not another human being. It's um Sam's bodily autonomy and sense of like security in himself. Yeah. Yeah. There's actually a uh an essay written by an uh second wave feminist i can't remember her name right now but it's it's a pro choice essay it concerns like the right to choose for abortion and things like that and there's mm-hmm. a little thought experiment that she she gives in the essay and the thought experiment is this 
Um, you wake up one day and you learn that a group of people have attached a world famous violinist to you. They tell you that this world famous violinist is in a coma and that the only way he can be saved is if you agree to basically live with him, like literally attached to you for six months. Um, they've done this without telling you that they're going to do this, but at the same time, if you detach him from you, you'll de- he'll definitely die. Do you do it? You know, and no matter what the answer to that question is, pretty much everyone can agree that even though a human life was at stake, it still was not right for that random super hardcore music fan group to while you were sleeping and without your permission, um, hook up a violinist that was in a coma. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's kind of what this, this situation was saying is reminding me. And I guess we're going to have to see the fallout before we can really talk about it further. Yeah. 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 Crawl yeah. out to the fallout, baby. <laughs> um, is there anything else to talk about in this episode? What do you think? Like, very clearly, you see one of the arcs for this season, right, Travis? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's Sam finding out that Ezekiel is inside of him. I want you to guess how many episodes into the season it takes for that to rear its haloed head. Ooh, I'm conflicted because it's either going to be three episodes or it's going to be like the whole mid-season thing. So it's either going to be like really, really soon or it's going to be like 12 episodes from now. Which is there one that you're leaning more towards than the other? Um, right now I'm leaning more towards the mid season option because of the pacing of this show mm-hmm. is usually, you know, plot, plot, bullshit, 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 plot, mm-hmm. half bullshit, half plot, bullshit, plot, plot, bullshit, you know, yeah, like Travis, <laughs> you've lived in several apartments, right? Yes. You've ever heard one of your neighbors having sex while you're in your apartment and you're trying to sleep? So, well, and I'm deaf in, I'm, well, I'm deaf in one ear, so mm-hmm. literally nothing wakes me up. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not saying it wakes you up. I'm just saying you've heard it happen. Uh, no, also because I'm deaf. Oh, fair enough. I was going to do this whole <laughs> bit where like the guy, like he's very clearly not a musician, so he has no rhythm. And you're just like feeling bad for the guy. You just want to like whip out a snare drum and just give him a beat to go with. <laughs> that, that's how I feel about the pacing of like the writers for Supernatural. Is like it's never steady. Yeah. It's 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 bobbing and weaving and just it tries to hit you when it can. But yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, who knows? Maybe he won't find out about it till like season twelve. You fucking maybe. Yeah. yeah. 
That's a that's a plausible thing. Is there anything oh, they're excited about? We've got we've got some seasonal threats going. Obviously, we've got to deal with the fact yeah. that there are a shit ton of angels on Earth. Metatron's still running around. Cass is a human now. Oopsie Daisy, what's going to happen there? Um, I guess. I'm. Ex- what are you looking forward to this season? Well, I'm. I am looking forward to Cass's experience. Like, basically, his whole arc. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily to see if Cass grows or anything, because that's <laughs> highly unlikely. Um, but I am looking forward to him, like, bopping around, bumping into aliens. <laughs> into aliens, what the fuck? <laughs> bumping into angels and uh, having scraps. Mm. Um, looking forward to that. I also... This is something that was not addressed in this episode, but it was kind of a hanging thread in the season eight finale. Abaddon is also floating around out there. Oh, yeah. I forgot about her. And I want to see what Abaddon is up to. Uh, I will tell you right now, probably a lot. Hell yeah. Um, You guys are familiar with my feelings on seasons eight through 11, and that is... Uh, not super positive, um, mm-hmm. but season nine is not my least favorite season. Uh, yeah, jury is out if, if it's even my second least favorite season. So, Perfect. yeah. So See, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that if I go into this with the same mindset I had for season seven, mm, yeah, maybe I'll like it more. Yeah, I can, I can definitely get behind that. Like maybe the issue is that I binged it and now that i'm watching it week per week by week i'll have a little a little time to sort of mellow out between episodes yeah yeah um i mean these seasons were made to be watched on a weekly schedule not to be binged that's got to be a different mm-hmm. experience i feel like it is you know something i may subject myself to once we are when once we are done with this entire show I will rewatch all of Supernatural, but binged and see how it hits me different. Oh shit! Hey, maybe maybe that'll be a little side project that I uh, do. Don't you know? Don't crack those chickens before they hatch. You know what I mean, Travis? Like let's get, <laughs> let's get through the entire show first. You know? Yeah. Let's see. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Let's see if we survive. Let's this. see how you're feeling after the season finale, and then we'll make promises. <laughs> So earlier in this episode, I came up with this idea, and I want to pitch it on the show. Oh, uh, so a little backdoor pilot. Yes. So we take some D and D dice, like we take like a D eight, and we roll that, and that de- that determines what season we watch. And then we take a D twenty and roll that, and that depends what what episode we watch. And just so we roll both of those. And we just watch a random episode. Interesting. And just like cut back to it. Interesting. And it, it's, this isn't like a regular thing. It's just like I'm curious what we what we get. That would be cool. Yeah. I'd be interested to hear Travis's like thoughts on episodes we've seen. You know, but it's been a while. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, we weren't. I, I remember you not being a huge fan of most of season one, but like. Maybe after mm. a little of season 10, you'll feel differently, you know? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Maybe. You know what, sounds like a threat. You know what I think? I think we should have a musical half-cast episode. 
Oh man, we sing songs. I'm just gonna be the bass for the entire episode and just talk like this. <laughs> ba, 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 ba. I I'm looking forward to the Angels kind of getting you know knocked down a peg. They kind of suck. Um, oh yeah. I did think it was very funny when Cass was like, "Hey, I get that you've pretty much lost your entire." This is another moment I enjoyed with uh, Hale, where Cass was like, "Hey, I get that you pretty much have lost your entire life." And your wings, that's a big part of your identity. But have you considered just smelling the flowers? You know what I mean? Like, Cass really took positive thinking and used it in a very negative way. Um, And so when Hale called him out at the end of the episode, I was like, good girl. Good job. You know, like, go for it. (laughs) Um, Because Hale was basically like, why the fuck are you talking to me right now? This is your fault. Uh, which is a very angelly thing to think. Yeah. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see what Crowley's uh, feeling too. Oh yeah, yeah, he's locked in the trunk of the Impala. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and say that I uh, love everything about season nine because I definitely do not. But I, I did like this opener, and I'm interested. Mm. I'm interested in we rewatching it. So. Um, any, oh, uh, do you guys want to read some user reviews? reviews? Absolutely. All right. I'm going to read, uh, they're all pretty highly rated. Um, I'm going to read this one, which has my favorite title. A good start, but enough of the big lie melodrama. I have never really liked the heaven storylines on the show. You can tell that angels were an added concept, and they, the writers made an initial mistake of having angels too powerful. Because of that, the writers had to contrive a lot of different ways to keep the Winchesters meaningfully involved in those plots largely involving Castiel. Uh, correct. Um, now, I will go ahead and say that angels were planned from the beginning, but... Because the show show was supposed to end at the end of season five, uh, we weren't supposed to get these like depowering scenes, you know, or these deep depowering right. storylines, so that we could have the Winchester stand toe to toe with angels. Um, the show was just supposed to be over, and heaven was supposed to be like fixing itself after everything that happened. Mm-hmm. So, but because the show didn't end we have to like just fucking deal with that, I guess. Uh, and sometimes that's worked, I think more success creatively than others or more successfully than others. The results have been mixed creaky, but season eight really goes a long way to correct, correct this. And the writers really strove to have a logical and grand angel story for once. This episode sets in motion. A lot of the best parts of the season, human cast, human Crowley, etc., And it is a good place to start. I even like Zeke as a side character, and the script is tight enough to give him a solid characterization. Unfortunately, the writers decided to, once again, have one brother lie to the other and have a secret. This has happened as a big central tension of an arc in seasons four, six, and one. It is a repeated it is repeated as a minor subplot in most of the seasons other seasons as well. The usage in this episode and throughout the season feels tired. It's not Per se, but we have seen this story before. Eight out of ten. 
Nice. Yeah. Oh boy, here is a 10 out of 10. Great start. The show has no boundaries, and its plot, anything is fair game. Angels Falling has completely introduced a new dimension in the show. They may have lost their wings, but still possess powers. Crowley is still in the mix, and Castiel has lost his grace. He is now a mortal being. The story of the first episode, however, centers around Sam and his debating in his head whether he wants to live or die while he's in a coma. The script is sharp, and the episode is beautifully filmed at times. I'm really looking forward to the season. As for new characters, well, hopefully they pay, play quite a big part, especially Ezekiel. Oh, yeah, and that scene at the end where Cass learns how hard life can be for a human is pretty funny. 10 out of 10. Hmm. So. Hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Nice. Any uh, final thoughts, comments, questions, concerns, hopes, dreams, wishes, realities? Oh, I want to talk about death real quick. Oh, we yeah. talked about how awesome he is, but we haven't talked about what he says. And I think he gives Sam, like, the biggest compliment death can give a human, which is basically like, I had to come pick you up myself because you're so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> he tells yeah. Sam, well played, my boy. Well played indeed, death. Yeah, that was a very cool moment. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine if you were so cool, Julian Richings himself came up and picked you up? That would be awesome. Dude, that would be dope. <laughs> that and would we, be awesome. We went and got like chili dogs or some shit. That would be cool as oh, hell. Oh man, going to get chili dogs with death on the way to the on the way to heaven. Yeah, Ooh. that's assuming go to heaven. Maybe he, maybe it's like a dog when you feed a dog a cheeseburger for the last time before you yeah. send it to hell. That's how it would be. Oh my with god. You, <laughs> Yeah, because every dog goes to hell. Everyone knows that. All dogs go to hell. All cats go to cat heaven. No, Which, sheep go incidentally, to heaven, goats go to hell. Is dog hell. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, anything anything no. else we need to talk about before we wrap this shit up? I, uh, that's all I got. I have a question, but it's probably a better. It's going to be better used as like a start of episode question for another episode. Okay, right. cool. Well, write it yeah. down so we don't forget it. Yeah, write it down. <laughs> I'm going to tell it to you guys like after we get done. Oh, okay, oh, okay. cool. Yeah. Well, Travis, the next episode is called "Devil May Care." What's it about? So Sam and Dean meet up with a demon who has started like a private investigative company and he is the coolest anime dude that you've ever met hell yeah <laughs> you know and i don't i don't remember enough of the plot of devil may cry to finish this bit oh i, I got you I, I got you bro uh so yeah. like sam and dean meet dante and it turns out he's got a really asshole brother named Virgil. Uh, they have this dad named, uh, fuck, I just left my, Sparta, uh, who's this giant demon. Dante wants to punch him in the dick so he'll calm down. Uh, Virgil wants him to, like, bring him into full force into the world. And so Sam and Dean have to help uh, kill billions of demons and rack up high scores that are stylish. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, the next episode. To a T. Good call, Travis. 
So what's so frustrating about this entire conversation is that I did not know that Dante had a brother named Virgil. And now I'm mm-hmm. just like, because I had to read Dante's Inferno mm-hmm. in college. <laughs> and yeah. I mean, I guess I should have known. You know what? This is really on me. Yep. And then what is it? Um, Dante's kid is Nero. Is that who Nero is? Nero is Virgil's son, and then the other okay. kid in five is uh, is Dante's son. Okay, I've been yeah. I've been cursed with knowledge. Are you, so as hokey as the story and the naming convention is in Devil May Cry, it, they're such fun games. It's worth. Oh yeah. Get past the cheese. Get past like the bullshit, and it's a lot of fun. So, uh, quick, quick question. Um, mm-hmm. What did you say Dante's son is named? No, uh, Virgil's son is named Nero. Okay, and who's the other kid? Sorry. I don't remember the other kid's name. Okay. I haven't played five yet. Ooh, okay. Well, Travis, Ben, I don't know if that's going to happen, but if it does, we'll be here to talk about it next week on Hey Yes But! Yeah! Thank you so much for listening to the season nine premiere. We're back, baby. We made it. We're in it to win it. Uh, I'm looking forward to a lot of shit about season nine. Um, let's 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 get mostly because you know what I'm looking forward to most about season nine. I'm pretty sure that the worst reviewed episode of Supernatural is in this season. Yep. So I'm um, I'm excited. Uh, the wait, the worst episode of Supernatural wasn't Man's Best Friend with Benefit. <laughs> if only you knew how how low it could go. Um, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you want to hear more from us, you can check out our website, habcast.com, where we have links to all of our social media. Hey, Asput, a Supernatural podcast on Facebook, and at Habcast on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find a link to our Patreon, where for $1 a month, you can gain access to all of our Discord, and for $3, you gain access to the other show we do, Let's Shag Ass, the show where we watch things with supernatural actors that are not supernatural. We've got to do Battlestar Galactica one of these days, because like three supernatural actors have been in Battlestar Galactica, and it's also just a really good show, so chop, chop, everyone. Um... Until next time, have fun.